0: Happy
1: trees, happy trees. That's Bob Ross. (laughs) Dude, Bob Ross, man. If I'm having a bad day, I need me some Bob Ross.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Well, hey everybody, and welcome to the debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Schaefer, joined here by the PMB.
1: Yes, it's good to be back.
2: All right, and we've got our lovely new host, Jono.
1: Yeah, good to oh, be back too. Here's Johnny. Hey Oh my gosh, I love that as a kid.
2: Oh, how did you That's watch a that? Scare, as a kid? Yeah, I was going to say. What? Wait, I would just watch The, the Shining.
1: No, Johnny Carson. Okay, oh, okay, I saw The Shining in college, but
2: oh yeah, no, no, the yeah.
1: actual reference. I just watched that for the, the first time is... this Halloween. Couldn't do it. Mm.
2: I made it halfway through. I made Tyler tell me the end before I could watch the rest.
0: Johnny Carson, a lot less scary.
2: A lot less scary. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. Okay. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Yeah. Glad to be back.
2: Yes. Yeah. Johnny Carson excited. was
1: fabulous.
0: He was. Yeah. Yeah. The real deal. Mm. Did you ever see
1: his house on Malibu? No. Oh my gosh. He was literally on the water. Oh man.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Living the life. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, so are we here on the debrief? Here at the debrief is our uh, weekly QA show where Pastor Matt Brown, you are giving real answers to tough questions. This week, we're talking a lot about the devil. You kicked yes. off uh, 2019 Diabolos. on really mm. very fun notes.
1: Yeah. That was yeah. Spanish. That was. Oh, oh, and Greek for the devil, the Diablos. <laughs> we're considering well going rounded. multilingual here yeah. yes, on the show. That's right. So. Yes. All
2: right, so we're going to kick off the show. Um, Pastor Mike, you talked a lot about, we're in a series right now called Best Year Ever, talking about how to have the best year of our lives. Mm-hmm. You started off talking about how God has a plan for us and so does the devil. Mm-hmm. And so we got a lot of questions specifically on the devil. So let's just kick it off with, can you give us about some breakdown on the devil? What exactly do we believe? What don't we believe?
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, John. Um, I'm going to kick this to you real quick and then yeah. I'll, I'll jump into the definition, but... I had never really thought about a theology of the devil. Mm. Like um, even in seminary. So I've done, you know, um, I had a a minor degree in Bible. I did a a master's degree in divinity. And then I did my doctorate at Talbot. And I never got a systematic theology of Mm. the devil. And I was like, wow. And he's fairly important in in what we're doing. And I thought we need to do that. So that's some of what I'm going to do today. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I've, as
0: as I heard the message, I was been thinking about that as well. It's like, what is my actual theology? And where does that come from? Is it coming from just bits and pieces I've picked up along the way? Or is it actually, how much of it is actually grounded? So I've been going back through actually this week and, and, and reviewing some of that. And and so, yeah, just looking at how what is portrayed, what has been portrayed to me all growing up, say right. through like movies and that kind of thing, compared to like a biblical perspective or biblical understanding of who the devil is. And seeing that um, the devil is a created mm-hmm. being, yeah. this 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 angel that was the angel of light, um, Jesus says that he actually saw the devil mm-hmm. shoot out of heaven like lightning out of the sky. So this this is something that fell from heaven, um, the accuser of the saints. I started started going through looking yeah. at what is the devil and how do we know, you know, what happens with the devil? Is it just this idea? And no, actually, it is this created. Being that is mm-hmm. not on the same par with God, right. but is actually um, an under God and under the the mm-hmm. authority of God. Um, so yeah, just started thinking back. Isn't through. that interesting
1: though? That's, and here's the thing that I see so much of it, mm-hmm. especially at Sandals Church. And so I don't know what's true at other churches, but if you go to Sandals Church, what I hear people is they automatically assume it's God when it's bad. Yeah. The assumption is, why mm. is God doing this to me? Mm. And so when we read Job, God is allowing it, but Satan is afflicting it. Right. And so and so that's the thing is, and so as we unpack John 10, 10, right. you know, the thief has come to kill, uh, destroy, and what's the Steal. other? Steal, Steal kill, kill, and destroy. And destroy. Yeah. There we go. The three, I have come that you may have life or uh, the NLTA, rich and satisfying life. Mm. I memorized it, a life and more uh, abundant, more abundant yeah. life or life to the full. To the full. Yeah. Um, so- And it's like, whoa, you know, we're not even, we're not even listening to the words of Jesus. He's like, look, man, I'm here to bless you. Um, This is the guy that's trying to steal you. This is the guy that's trying to destroy you. This is who's trying to kill you. And we always assume that everything bad is God. And certainly God is sovereign, but that's what I wanted to do today was just kind of unpack some, some, like, this is like 101 of who is the devil. good, And it's actually important because we need to know who God is and I would say we talk 99.999999% about God, but a lot of people have no idea about who the devil is. And I think he's done well with that.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And so. I think in our culture too, you, you mentioned this and you're talking about how so much in our culture, you know, we think of the, the devil as this, maybe a, you know, guy in a red suit with horns and all right. this easily to spot easy right. to say, Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Whereas it has done such a good job to hide in plain sight mm-hmm. in this uh, you know, if he convinced convince, who was it that, I can't remember that quote, but the greatest thing the devil could all do is convince right. us that he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the most powerful way. If you don't know you're in a fight, mm-hmm. how easy is it to yeah. win, right? Yeah. How easy yeah. to lose. So,
1: And I don't know if you're in church this weekend, but I'm not kidding mm-hmm. you. In my new New Testament class, the first class, right. the first day he wrote, the devil is not real. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Who is so this guy? Yeah. um and just so you know, I'm working on not saying idiot as much. That's good. So my way. Yeah, that's one of my yeah. that's my <laughs> best year ever. All right. <laughs> that's good.
2: All right. So then it's like some practical sides on how the devil works. Uh, Courtney actually wrote in and was wondering mm. if Satan, you know, can't be everywhere like God can. It's a created being, he's not like God. Who actually then is our personal enemy? Because you talked a lot mm. about how, you know, Satan and the enemy right. has a plan for us. Mm. How does that work?
1: Well, let's back up a little bit and then we'll jump into that. So to Courtney's question. So some background on the devil. And so Jono gave us some. So the two names, primary names are Diablos and Santanas, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, both really mean adversary. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's the one who is against us. So who am I lining up against? Well, he is my adversary. So God is not my adversary. He's my savior. So, so I have God who is for me, trying to redeem me and save me. And I have this adversary who hates me. And You know, we don't know everything about Satan, but we had a great discussion in a small group last night about what is it that drives Satan's hatred for us? Mm. And I thought we had a great discussion. And the bottom line is God made Mm. us to rule and that ticked Satan off. Mm. He doesn't want a lesser being being over him. And so think about, you know, pride is what made the devil who he is. And and when Peter, you know, no, Lord, you will not do this. I'm in control. I will tell you how to save the world. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Mm. So uh, whether that was you know, actual, or he's just saying the spirit of Satan, but he's saying, look, your pride in preventing God's will is what's driving Satan. And so um, he is the tempter. So 1 Corinthians 7, 5, he tempts us. Uh, James says, the Lord does not tempt us. We are tempted by our own evil desires. And 1 Corinthians says, uh, the devil. And actually that's a marriage passage. 1 Corinthians 7, 5, it says, it's actually talking about sexual intimacy. And it's saying, don't deprive one another except for a period of time of prayer and fasting so that the devil may not tempt you. And so think about that if you're, a, if you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, God is for your marriage. The church is for your marriage, but you have an adversary mm-hmm. who is seeking to draw your attention somewhere else. He is the great deceiver. So in Genesis three, he's the liar. Mm-hmm. Did God really say, is that right. what God really said? Uh, Paul says he has deceived the earth in 2 Corinthians eleven three. three. So that's why people can't see God. That's why people can't see Christ because they've been blinded by him. Uh, Jesus calls him a murderer. Think about that. So John 10, mm. 10, he's come to kill you. Uh, John 8, 4, 4, uh, he's a liar, the liar of old. Everything he says is lies. Uh, Genesis 3, um, he lied to Adam and Eve. First Peter 5, 8, the devourer. He devours you. And mm-hmm. so you think about that in contrast to what James says. So our temptations lead us to devour one another. Mm-hmm. So instead of becoming like Christ in the church, we become like the devil and we devour each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's terrible. Um, James 4, 7, here's the good news is, is that he res- when we resist him, he flees. So Satan is looking for the weak, the young mm-hmm. and the old. He's looking for the frail. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be strong. Uh, Zechariah, also the Old Testament says that he is there to accuse the saints, to attack the saints. so what I would say to Courtney is first and foremost, uh if Satan can't be everywhere like God, who is actually our personal enemy and so um you know we, one of the doctrines of God that we have to look at is is his omnipresence he, you know God is everywhere, and so um, we have to be really careful with that doctrine because, you know, is God in the tree? Is God... And so what it means is God's authority and power is everywhere. But mm. God in who he is, just like in the Old Testament, he could dwell in the temple in a unique way, separate from how he dwelled on earth. He could dwell in the bo- embodiment of Jesus, separate from how he, right? He also sits on a real throne in heaven mm-hmm. as God Almighty, and is surrounded, so the full essence of who God is, is in heaven on his throne, surrounded by the cherubim, mm-hmm. who cry out, holy, holy is the Lord. So so that is the fullness of who God is, but his presence, his power, his reality, and his strength are all through creation. So how do we know that? Colossians says that everything is held together by him. It is the power of God that makes the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth rotate and spin. Um, like in science, we learn what, uh, Physics teaches us what matter does. It doesn't teach us why. Mm. The Bible teaches us why. Who told, who told all of these things to operate? So that's God's power. So Satan is not all powerful like God. So the sun, the moon, the earth, the star, none of those are operating according to the power of Satan. So he's limited, but he does have authority on earth. Mm. So 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Courtney, uh, and our gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing in this case, uh, the God of this world. And that word is theos that Paul uses, the God of this world. It doesn't mean that there's more than one God, but Satan is God-like in that he is powerful. Right. He is, um, you know, he, you know he's, he's a created being, but he exists in, in the realm of eternity. So, you know, he doesn't die,
2: mm.
1: like, right? He will mm. be defeated. So like Satan's gonna fight me and I'm gonna die. Then he's gonna fight my son and my grandchildren and my great, like he's not going away. Right. He's blinded the minds of unbelievers, keeping them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So Satan is blinding us. And again, that's why it's so important. Why did God do this? Well, he's blinded you. Mm -hmm. God does not want to ruin your life. Your life is already ruined. He wants to redeem your life. He wants Mm -hmm. to save your life. So Satan has authority on earth. So think about the temptations of Jesus. He says, see all these kingdoms? I will give them to you. Jesus doesn't say they're not yours they're to, not give. to give. to right. If you just bow down to right. me, then, yeah. So he has authority. He has been given earth because of our sin. And so we all need to think about that. We can hand our, our lives over, to Tim. You know, Paul says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, lest you give a foothold. A great word would be permission right. for the devil to come right. into your life. I, I wish... You know, foothold is not always, I think permission is Mm -hmm. great. The devil has to have permission to come into our lives. And so he has authority because mankind who was meant to rule and reign, when you look at Genesis 3, lost that power as they surrendered it over to Satan. And so he now has power and authority. Uh, And here's the other thing. Satan's not alone. He has others to do his will. So listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 6.10. He Mm -hmm. says, finally, be strong in the Lord's strength, put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, and here's really important. Listen to these adjectives against rulers, plural, Mm. against authorities, plural, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces, plural, Mm of evil in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. So there's more than one. It's there's organized. One. Yeah, it's organized, but it's not just him. He's not right. alone. He has an army. Right. And when you read Revelation, right, there's this great battle where all of his forces will fight uh, the forces of Jesus. And I, and I love that. And just so you know, side note, my prayer, I just hope to God we get to fight. I just <laughs> like, for, forgive me, but I want to be brave heart. I want to paint my face blue or whatever color Jesus. Wants. I think it might be red because his robe is dipped in blood. Right. Like we just take blood in our face, <laughs> and I'm like,
2: "You will may take our lives, but you will never take, take our freedom." Up right uh-huh. up.
1: And I'm gonna charge and just crush Satan uh-huh. with Jesus. So we
2: have different dreams, but I'm, I really love oh that. Oh my gosh! For you. Right.
1: I'm like, please, Lord, let me just <laughs> fight. Oh, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Side note. Um, but he has others, and so we need to think about that. And so, you know, mm. Satan may not be in this room physically, but he has others that might be. Mm.
0: Yeah. And, and there's, there's so much to that with the, with the fall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When we were, when you're we talking about that in, um, when, when we were first deceived, when Adam and Eve were first deceived, um, and this curse that comes over the world, there, there is this now way of the world that right. Jesus talks about all the time. That is not, yeah, is Satan actually, I, I was tempted by Satan. Satan was with me that. Well, Probably not mm-hmm. um, but the way of and the and the, the momentum you could say of this evil force of Satan that's more of that I think what you're talking about with that personal enemy that Courtney was asking about this right. yes personally Satan hates all of Christians and and anything that has to do with good and and of God so yeah it, it is a broader sense you are you're being not just tempted by Satan but you're actually being by the things of the world, mm-hmm. yeah. right?
1: And so here's what I would say. Also, is so we talked about, um, you know, that he has demons. So Mark one thirty two. That evening, sundown, right. they brought all to him who were sick or oppressed by demons. Right. So there are Satan has demons, but more than that, Satan has the power of sin in your life. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: so that's where that's where Satan's power really resides is in our flesh. And so, Mm. and that's in me, that's in Stephanie, Mm -hmm. that's in you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to kill in our life is we're trying to destroy the sin because ultimately it will destroy us. And so even in the church, right? um, Think about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter five. Here they are, you know, we just went through our momentum offering Mm -hmm. and man, the Holy Spirit was moving. I don't know if you were here that that Mm -hmm. weekend, but the Holy Spirit was not the only one moving. Mm. Satan was also present in the lives of people who didn't give who lied about their gift, mm. right? And so that happens in Acts 5. They have this huge momentum offering where people are bringing right. forward the sales of the property and they're doing these things and, and 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 you can just feel God moving. And yet Ananias and Sapphira both show up and both lie and Peter mm-hmm. says, "Why has Satan filled your heart?" Right.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. And they drop dead. Like he said, "You because you didn't you didn't lie to men, you've lied to God." Mm-hmm. Boom. And, well, and then there was a big revival. It's like, whoa, hey, you know, this is serious. This is the real deal, yeah. And, um, you know, people don't think about negative miracles, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're also yeah. negative miracles. Yeah. You know, they don't just raise people from the dead, but they sometimes they drop mm. people dead. Yeah. So,
2: well, I just think that's so interesting because I feel like that's how the devil works. It's like, Ananias and Sapphira, like 75% of that was good. Like mm-hmm. they were giving toward God, they were giving mm-hmm. what they were doing. And like the devil came in and just twisted that to let them lie about how much they actually gave. Like, right. and I think that's where probably we get super, I think, confused and deceived. It's like, well, like, I was doing a good thing. Like that wasn't the devil. Like I was giving to God, like mm-hmm. it's okay if I just do this little thing. And like, I think that's where we don't realize how much yeah. we've just let the devil twist what we're doing. And that that, that actually becomes a lot bigger than we realize spiritually. But yeah. I think that's where mm-hmm. like, it gets really tricky is it's just that little tiny twist. Like yeah. even in the garden, like it was mm-hmm. that little tiny, like, well, are you sure that's what mm-hmm. God said? Like it wasn't a full blown hate God, fight everything, embrace death. It was yeah. just that little twist.
0: Yeah. Well, like you said so in subtle. James, that process of sin, right? It's mm-hmm. that, it, when it's first conceived, it's mm-hmm. this small thing, but then its its goal is to devour and mm-hmm. kill you. Mm-hmm. And that that slow little, I can handle this,
1: it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. And then it- Yeah, yeah in the end, over. James says, it always gives birth to death. It always mm-hmm. gives birth to death. Which yeah. is, and think about that sentence, gives birth, what should follow is life. Is life, mm-hmm. right. But actually what sin does is it gives birth to death and, and people die, marriages die, finances mm-hmm. die, faith dies, mm-hmm. like it dies and uh, you just watch people throw away their life mm. because they gave this little bit of sin uh in you know in your life and and it festers and it grows mm. and that's what I've tried to talk to my children about is, is just the power of sin in my life and what yeah. it's done to me mm-hmm. how it's impacted even their lives yeah. you know my kids are almost all raised um and I, I just so wish right I could go back but you can't Mm. And and can so you what just I, tell me what you could wish. You could yeah. go back to, and I'll do yeah. that with my kids. <laughs> yeah, I just oh man, just selfishness and desires, mm. and mm. just so much unhealth, You know, um, like I can just tell you, the biggest thing is I thought Tammy's job was to meet my needs. That's God's job. And mm. my Tammy is not mm. God. And when I mm. s- expect Tammy to be God in my life, she's a false idol, and I get bitter, mm-hmm. and I get upset, and um, I expect mm. her to meet my physical needs, my sexual needs, my my uh, emotional needs, my you know whatever, right? And so I put. I that's what. Remember what Jesus says? We don't pay attention to what He says. He says, "You Pharisees lay up burdens on people; you yourself mm-hmm. cannot meet." Mm-hmm. And that's what a false idol does: is we mm. put things on people um, that that we know no human being. There's no way they can. Yeah, meet and so meet up and them. that and that just screwed me up. And so what I would say is, and we're going to talk about this week about how to change your life. Um, and man, you know, again, do not miss this weekend. I think this weekend's sermon is going to be powerful. Like I'm already just like waiting for the weekend to come because it's just, mm-hmm. we're going to look at the most essential thing in life to have the best year ever. What What is the one thing Jesus wants to do in your life? And I, I just think people are going to be blown mm-hmm. away at it. And so many people don't do it. Mm-hmm. They don't, they won't do it. And, um, you know, we're going to look at a conversation where Jesus is talking to this guy and, and this guy is just going to miss it, man. Mm-hmm. It's just anyways so um what i liked
0: about what you said this weekend or so much of it was it came down to your thought life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for for all of us i think i mean that was a very vulnerable moment saying yeah i agree thought life so much of that um what we think and and what we do with our thoughts and and how we that can that's what leads us down that road towards Mm -hmm. sin often um well, Tom asked the question and he had some thoughts. He said, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Matt said that many people uh, come to Sandals because they hear God speak through him. I have been attending Sandals for a long time. And I'll, I'll hear other people say, I hear God speak through Matt today. I heard God speak through Matt today. I felt the Holy Spirit come on worship, uh, during worship today, etc. Uh, but I've never personally had these experiences in church and have only heard God speak very rarely. Am I doing something wrong or Uh, Are some people just not able to recognize God speaking through someone or or the presence of the Holy Spirit? Um, That's a great question. I think a lot of people ask that and think, is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And those thoughts can start to creep in and think, am I missing it? Am I doing it wrong? What what would you say to that?
1: Yeah. So what I would say, Tom, is I I think that unfortunately, I think your experience is all too common. Mm. And here's what I would say is what I'm going to get out from God on, on the on the weekend is what I've been prepping and hearing from God during the week. Mm-hmm. So God moves and speaks in accordance to what's happening in my life and how am I listening to him? And so, um, you know, just like, um, you know, my life since, you know, January 1st, I've said, God, again, I just want you to totally move in my life this year, just trying to surrender, you know, myself to him and say, okay, well, this is sin. I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to push that away. And so what I would say, Tom, is, start practicing the discipline of being in the word on a regular basis, even if it's just a sentence or two. Um, and I know I've been negative on like devotionals. I, your devotion needs to be God and in his word. And that's where everything starts. Start there and just say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to hear from you. Uh, mm-hmm. God, speak to me and, and pledge to God your obedience to what he says to do. Mm-hmm. And I think God will speak powerfully to you. Um, you know, David says this, search my heart, oh God if there's any sin in me, and that's the next thing I would do, Tom, is just go before God and say, is there something in me that's keeping me from hearing you, sensing you, feeling you? Uh, I don't think, you know, Tom, you have to hear like an audible word. Like I've heard God speak audibly maybe five, six times in my life. Most of the time, it's a powerful sense, um, a sixth sense, um, not like the movie, (laughs) but a sixth sense where I, I, I realize, man, there's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm and God is speaking powerfully to me and he's doing something in me. Mm -hmm. And I need to respond to that. I also think that some of our personalities are more wired and more sensitive, just like some people uh, can't read people Mm -hmm. non-verbally. You know, like my family doesn't do well reading people non-verbally. That's just not a strength of my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've had to work really hard at watching face, nuances, that's non-verbal communication. So Mm -hmm. it's not just what you're saying, but it's what, what are you saying? And so that's what I would say, Tom, when you come to church, it's not just what's being said, but what is being said, Mm -hmm. what is happening, what is going on. And some of that is learning to take the attention off yourself and just really saying, okay, what is God doing right now in this moment? What is happening right now in this moment? Because there, there are incredible things. Um, And so just know, we all have our personal struggles. We we all connect uh, to God in different ways. And I would find how um, you can connect with God in church uh, a lot of that comes when we come to church, we're carrying a lot of burdens and we bring a lot of stuff with us in a church and we need mm. to work on, okay, what do I need to get rid of today so I can hear from God, Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I could hear from God. That's and so true. here's where I would start, Tom, is I would start with this. Here's what the word of God said, I'm gonna do it. Because when the word of God is read, you just heard the word of God. Mm. Whether, whether it moved you or whatever. So God has spoken, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that will lend itself to a sensitivity to what God is saying, because there is the word of God is that is spoken, right? That's in our physical reality. Then there's, what is the Holy Spirit saying? That's in the the spiritual reality. And both things are being spoken and both Mm. things are happening simultaneously. So my prayer for you, Tom, is that you would just acknowledge this is a a place where you need to grow. And I would anticipate and expect, and just tell God that I want to hear from you. I Mm. expect to hear from you. I expect to be moved by you. And my prayer is that eventually that will happen Uh, because it makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether or not you hear an audible verse from God, but this sentence, I felt the Holy Spirit come upon the church during worship today. Man, I've I've felt that at Sandals Mm -hmm. literally thousands of times. Mm So I'm bummed that you're missing that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think like you were talking in your sermon this weekend about, you know, the concept of the shepherd and the sheep and how, you know, Jesus is the good shepherd. And even Mm -hmm. you talked about like how shepherds like have to train a new shepherd and let the sheep learn to hear that voice. I almost feel like that's what you're encouraging here. like. By reading and spending time in god's word not at church mm. you're starting to learn like what does that voice sound like yeah. what does god sound like what like what should i be listening for mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you're more likely to hear that voice as you're training yourself to learn to listen yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about that with how you talked about the shepherd. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good no, that's
0: good. Yeah, I think it is that. It, you, coming prepared, that's so huge in in our culture today. And I've been guilty of this as well. Kind of having that buffet mentality of, you know, oh, I, I, I liked being so focused on things, superficial stuff. Like, oh, I I liked the way that guitarist did mm-hmm. that riff or whatever. Yeah. And you, know, you can kind of get distracted at times when... Uh, I have found personally for me when I really tune into what I'm actually saying, so specifically to his question about worship or talking about that, tuning into what the words that I that I'm saying, the, the impact of the you can get into so much. I can get into a rhythm of mm-hmm. just saying you know same thing. Oh God, you're great, you're all powerful. But to actually almost pause, sometimes I'll even sit down during worship because mm-hmm. it's distracting for me to stand up, uh, and I'll just to really. Think about what impact this is, um, not to somehow stir up an emotion, but to to be present in, right. in what I'm actually getting to engage in. Mm-hmm. I have found that's helped me in times of maybe feeling disconnected, but you're so so right. I mean, I think of Romans 12, right? When in, in view of these things, in view of God's mercies, offer your body as living sacrifice. He just spent the first 12 chapters talking about God's mercies and looking at how impactful that is and therefore... Mm-hmm now you are able right. to offer your body as a living sacrifice there is that you bring the worship you bring the the preparedness to that time mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. not, and i'm not saying he's not doing that maybe he is but um i have found in my life that that's exactly it mm-hmm. i get the most impact in hearing from god when when i'm ready to oh, receive yeah. Right. it yeah well, that's and, super
2: convicting for me because i'm realizing like especially the last couple months we just had a baby so like we're running into church. Like <laughs> we leave our house sometimes when church has already started, like we're just like barely jumping in and I'm not prepared to hear anything. So like, it takes me probably about halfway through before I'm like, Oh, this is what we're talking about. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like in realizing how important that just piece of preparedness is to come into church, yeah. ready to listen, ready to hear, not just, okay, we've got to get to church. We've got to drop off our kids. We've got to do this thing. Like to actually come in prepared to listen, I think actually is a discipline in itself too. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. And yeah. I don't want to be uh, negative or scary Tom. Um, Cause I don't know who you are, but, when we look at what jesus said in john 10 he said my sheep know my voice Mm. and so i have to just share with you as your shepherd i'm a little concerned that maybe you aren't a sheep and so uh and Mm. i don't mean to insult you i don't mean to hurt you but there are many unsaved people who are in church their entire life Mm. and jesus said in the end many will say lord lord i did all these things and he'll say depart from me you worker of iniquity i never knew Mm. you and so Tom I, I I would just search your heart and say have I come to the place where I have repented of my sin and have I placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and have I invited his spirit into my life because mm. the spirit speaks and the spirit moves and it sounds to me like church worship and has been a very lonely experience and mm. that, may, that 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 frightens me that would here, here's what I would say is um, there are things that you know I've done in my, my life where I've numbed myself, to hearing God and I've had to eliminate that sin, but there's never been a period. I, I can't make a statement. I've never heard from God. And so that concerns me for you personally. Uh, like, again, I don't know you. Um, I, I I pray for you, hmm. but at the end of the day, your shepherd wants to speak to you. And Jesus, this isn't me speaking. This is Jesus speaking. He said, my sheep hmm. know my voice and they follow me. Yeah. So I my prayer for you is that, he would become your shepherd, um, and you know that you would you would follow him. But that would be deeply concerning to me had I sat in church my whole life and never felt the presence leading spirit of God, feeling God speak. And so that would give me grave concern hmm. um, for me or somebody in my small group. And so again, I don't know you. I'm just I'm just reading this right. question, um, but uh, you know. I, I would be, I would be deeply concerned. So again, I don't, hopefully we didn't lose a listener, but
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, I think that, and kind of that part two of that is when it comes to the voice of the enemy versus the voice of God, you, you touched on this a little bit. Um, how do you say, cause you were talking about the importance of hearing the voice of God. How would you say, do you tell the difference? What's mm-hmm. the, what's the big oh, I know that was God, or ah, I'm not sure, was that God? Is that the enemy trying to trick me up, trying to trip me yeah. up? That, that is definitely was weaved into your message. What, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I would say for me, uh, hands down, the number one thing I have learned to discern when it's God, it's when God's calling me to do something I don't want to do.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, um, and, it's, and it's, it's always the right thing to do. Mm. It's not what I want to do. And so... Um, and, and a man, I've, I've just had God speak to me. Um, you know, like a lot of people, um, want to be in ministry, want to be on the stage and I enjoyed my break. (laughs) Um, you know, when I came back, I had a great deal of anxiety and it's like, Lord, why, why, why me? Mm. And I, I think it's because he knows I wouldn't do it without Mm. him. And Mm -hmm. so, um, You know, a lot of people enjoy the attention. I enjoy the ambiguity, you know, Mm -hmm. is that the right word? Anonymity. (laughs) Anonymity, there we go. I knew it was not the right word. Um, Anonymity. I I, I know what you meant, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so thank you. Um, (laughs) So I think that's the primary way. And then does it line up with scripture? You know, is it it what God is saying? Because I had somebody say to me, um, specifically, I mean, this happened at Sandals. I, I can't believe it happened. But one of our leaders who decided that they were gay came to me and said, God told me to tell you that you need to change your views on homosexuality. Hmm. This person believed with all their heart they were hearing from God.
0: Mm.
1: The problem is it's what they wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, so the God who's speaking to you, and I believe she was hearing from a God, mm-hmm. is not the same God who wrote these words. And we just read some scripture. And God is not a God of confusion. He's not confused. We're confused. Mm. He's not. And I said, here's what the word of God says. I said, I love you, I care for you. Um, and, and and she said, God told me to change you. And I said, okay, you have to leave. Yeah. You're, you're now a wolf, you're no, yeah. you're no longer a sheep, you're now a wolf. And, and again, if you're gay, we love you, we're glad you're here, we, we'd love to come alongside you as you struggle, as we're all struggling with our sin. But when somebody stands up and says, the word of God is wrong, right, and my desires are right, th- that's when the church has to move in to protect the rest of the sheep, because mm-hmm. we can't have confusion and again, that person desperately wanted what they wanted. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know who said it. Tons of people have said it, but but the God we want and the God who is are very different gods. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we just, we just as, as modern Americans, we just don't live in a world where we understand what a Lord is, mm-hmm. what, what God is. You know, we don't understand authority. We just don't. Like we're all kings and queens and we yeah. make our own decisions and we have our little kingdoms and we do whatever the heck we want, which is a crazy society to live in. Um, you know, we pride ourselves, right? We don't live under a king. Well, we live under 340 million kings and queens and and that's probably worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you, know, uh, you know, it was Winston Churchill who said that the worst wars who have ever been fought have been fought in the name of free people. I mean, think about the bloodiest wars in history have come on with free nations fighting. It's not been Kings. So Hmm. it's just, it's just scary. So, um, that's what I would say is the number one. The next I would say is, is, is run it by mature Christians who have followed God and, and have, have developed a pattern of following God, um, there have been many people over the years who've said, God told me to do this, God, and I'm always amazed. I am hmm. I am so amazed that people are like, yeah, I'm gonna follow this guy. I'm like, you're not reading my yeah. face. You're not <laughs> like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. This is not wise. And it blows me away. Uh, Christians get caught up in excitement. Mm-hmm. They get caught up in just a need for change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even people, when they move, yeah, I'm done with Riverside, we're moving. I'm like, that's not a strategy I want to employ. Mm-mm. Yeah, I want to be where God, you know, has me. There's been many times I've been done with Riverside, but I'm not done with God and right. God's not done with me in Riverside. Right. And so people people say the wrong things and they jump up, they pick up, they move. And And you all need to hear me. You're one, two decisions away from destroying your life. Mm-hmm. And then people blame God. It's like, mm-hmm. God's not the one who did that. Yeah. You did that. And I'm always amazed, um, you know, I've been the pastor of Sandals now for 21 years, solid people I've watched them throw away their life Mm -hmm. with one or two decisions. Mm. And, and you, you know, pedestals are interesting. It's hard to get back on whatever pedestal, you know, good wise Mm -hmm. decisions have placed you on. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Jeff Bezos, the owner of uh, Amazon, you know, he's been married to his wife for I think 25 years. Mm People do not realize this one guy's adultery, we'll talk about this in 10 Reasons Everybody Needs God, but this one guy has affected the world with his Mm. adultery.
2: Mm.
1: People don't realize this guy's need to cheat on his wife is going to affect all of us Mm. because he will no longer be the stakeholder, the largest stakeholder in Mm. Amazon. Mm. Wow. Because his wife, when he and his wife have to split it, other people will be in power. And I'm here to tell you, Jeff Bezos is the one who made Amazon, Amazon. Mm. And when you get other voice, so this is going to affect, mm. this is a economic shift of titanic proportion, of mm. biblical proportions. And it was just adultery. Yeah. One guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, his shakeup. So, we, we, you know, And that's the thing that's that's terrible. Sin not only, like your sin not only can affect you, but it can affect me. And think about me at Sandals. Um, Like Stephanie's adultery has its impact. And then my adultery has a whole nother level of impact. Mm -hmm. So the further the Lord has raised you and you need to think about that when you're a parent. Yeah, Like it's not just about my desires. It's about what what happens to my kids. And I don't care what anybody says. Divorce affects kids. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Like there's just, there's no... Ounce of, of research to support you that it doesn't affect your kids, and no ounce of common sense that says yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. affect your kids. What well, God has joined together, let no man tear apart. And man, so we, we all have to be really, really careful. So the Holy Spirit speaks to me um, two things. He confronts my sin and He also uh, establishes His unconditional love for me. Mm. So the devil, when He speaks, I'm no good. I'm never going to get this right. I'm terrible. I'm awful. I'm worthless. None of that's from God.
0: Like the difference between that condemnation, yeah, right. The right. The,
1: the devil, like you said, is the the great
0: condemner, the adversary. Mm-hmm. You can always tell: is this? Am I being? Am I walking in condemnation yeah. as a child of God, or is it like the conviction piece of it? Is this actually something? No, this is going to kill you. Don't yeah. like stop.
1: <laughs> yeah. I want to write a book one day uh, on the difference between the word judgment and condemnation in scripture. Cause I think mm. a lot of Christians don't understand mm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be under judgment of God and that's right. the conviction. You, right. This is wrong. You, mm-hmm. It needs to change. Condemnation is, it's a, it's a death sentence. Right. There's no hope for you. You are no good. You will never right. change. The enemy speaks words of condemnation. There's no hope. You cannot change. You're on death row. Right. You are not a child of God. You will never be. Uh, God mm-hmm. is a God of judgment. And he says, listen, I'm going to judge you. However, if you repent and you come back to me, right? He's He's slow to anger. Like, right. I mean, this is who God is and he's wooing us. And um, a lot of Christians don't understand that. And so I would love to talk mm-hmm. about that. We want to do a series um, and maybe a book called The Conversation that mm-hmm. people are not ready for. And uh, if you just do a quick read through Romans, uh, the word uh, judgment and condemnation are used differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, so we will all stand before the judgment throne of God, right. but we will not be condemned. right? Because we will receive eternal life, but we're still gonna face judgment. And right. a lot of Christians don't get that. And so that's where like Mormonism, they confuse that and, and create a workspace salvation, which right. it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, salvation is the free gift of God. However, so where you spend eternity is about your decision on Jesus. How you spend eternity is what did you do for Jesus?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Everything Jesus says, right? The steward is coming back. The king is returning and his rewards are with him. So be ready. So, all right. Wow. <laughs> that was a whole nother show. No, that was great. <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: Okay. Um. On to like one more question just about like, listening for the voice of God versus the voice of the enemy. So Kenya wrote in and said, today is my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And she says, although it's a day I look forward to, it's a day that brings me sadness. My mom and I have had a toxic relationship for a long time, and Mm. I decided to distance myself from my own well-being, which has brought a lot of healing through the grace of God. However, it's difficult on my birthday when I won't hear from the one person I owe my physical existence to. How do I block the devil's voice that tells me to feel sad, unworthy, and unloved? And how do I focus more on the, thank you, God, for blessing me with another year of life. You're amazing, and I know you love me thoughts. How do you mm. start blocking hearing from the devil and instead focus on you know, what you know is good from God?
1: Yeah, so God is the parent that we all need. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Um, I was talking to a very successful guy in our church. Um, this made millions. And um, we were talking and his dad died. Mm. And so here's this powerful man, owns corporations, made millions, been successful by every every matrix there is stayed married, great kids, great life, loves God. He said, never once did I hear well done. I'm proud of you. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it made me think what's the first words the father says to Jesus before he does anything.
0: This is my son in whom who I, I am yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's well huge. done, son. That's huge. Before even started. Yeah. I'm for you, and yeah. I, and so God is, and that's what we've got to learn about our Father who is in heaven. How does Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Like mm. we come to Him as Father. The Holy Spirit, when He's inside us, we cry out, Abba, Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Dad, I need you. Um, and and God, right, is not a man. Um, thank God, because he would have forgotten us and gotten distracted and moved on a long time ago. <laughs> God is spirit. And within the spirit of God, there are feminine qualities and masculine qualities. And so, right, the feminine quality is of God is he's caring, loving, parenting. He's parental. The father, he's protective. Um, he, he has anger, right? I mean, so, so both of the, both of the man and the woman's qualities are seen in God. So God is both the mother and father that we need. And so we've got to come to him as the parent that we all need and desire. Mm-hmm. And so on your birthday, your, 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 mom did not give you life. God gave you right. life. Mm-hmm. Right. God used your mom to give you life. And we see that, right? We see that with Jesus, right? Hey, Mary, I need to borrow your body. Yeah, Here we go. Boom. <laughs> Here's Jesus, my beloved son. And so just go before God and learn about him. And those words you need to hear from your mom and dad, I would say, memorize the scriptures and when, and, and. When, when, when you're hurting and, and when you're missing that man, go to God, mm. because some of us have never heard. I love you. You matter. I care for you. Some of us have never been given wisdom by our parents. Mm. All of that is in scripture. Mm. There's wisdom, mm. there's direction, there's love, there's forgiveness, there's discipline. Mm. You know, uh, that, that's, what's crazy to me nowadays. Parents love their kids, but they don't discipline them, which is not love. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's yeah. not loving. Yeah. And, um, and we, in our society, we can't reconcile love and judgment and, and discipline. Well, it's because we don't know what love is. Yeah. And so um, loving a person is not allowing them to become a monster.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And that's
1: what a lot of parents are doing with their kids. They're raising monsters. So I'm so sorry. Let me, let me say mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I think there's a question from Kelly. Did you have that on there? Uh, I think so further down. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly says, can I love my enemy without interacting with them? Yes.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. You're a fool if you try to interact with your enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, love them from a distance and here's what loving them means is I don't want to kill you. <laughs> but I will if I have to. Right. So, um and, and so I'm a Baptist and so not not all Christian denominations agree with this, but Baptists historically have said we don't want to fight, but we we will and if we do, it's on. Right. So, you know, whereas you got the Quakers, you know, praying right. over in the corner hoping the enemy goes away, the Baptists are like, we're going to make him go away. And so I think that we, we, you know, we have to, to, to be aware of this. We can't just pray, you know, like Tammy and I are all into the last kingdom and now we're in the Vikings and you're watching these pagan <laughs> hordes and and the priests are on their knees. Well, you need to be on your knees and we better teach some people how to fight because the pagans are going to come. Right, And, um, you know, so we, we have to deal with this. And so love your enemy from a distance. It's not loving to get in the cage with a gorilla. Yeah. Right. Love the gorilla inside the cage. You know, if you got to feed it, That's fine. If they need space, that's fine. But you don't get in the cage. And a lot of people jump into the cage, get beat up. And they're saying, God, why did you allow this to happen? And God's like, why did you get get in the cage? cage? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) why would you do that? And, um, you know, we we need to make sure that we understand that. And so Mm. I'm terribly sorry. I think any anniversary, uh, birthday, getting Mm. married, having Mm. a child. So let me walk through these painful things. So birthdays, you know, it it hurts when... um, you don't get that phone call from, from the one that you love. You know, my Uh parents are so good on that. I used to think it was so lame. Sorry, mom. I think she listens to the show, (laughs) but now I just love it. Mm. Well, you know what my mom and dad do on my birthday? Mm. They call me and they sing happy birthday. That's Mm. awesome. You know, and and my mom and dad do it together and it's on the phone, but you know what? That's great. So some, some people have never had that, Mm. but I I want you to know this in heaven. They're singing happy Mm. birthday. We love you. Mm. You know, this is the day the Lord has made the day you were born. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, The Lord loves you. He created you. He designed you. Uh, You are here for a purpose. And again, you've heard me say this many times. There may be accidental parents, but there's no accidental child. God loves you and has a plan for your life. The next thing is going to be like weddings. Mm -hmm. You know, there aren't moms. Um, You know, sometimes there's not a a man to walk somebody down the aisle. Mm. Um, And it's a great honor. Some of my favorite weddings has been when an older male friend yeah has That's had him. that honor and yes. walked someone down an aisle it's so beautiful yeah. um, but it's still painful I wish mm. my dad was this or right you know I think a lot of us wish our dads were a lot of things yeah um, you know uh, my dad's dad has Alzheimer's mm. and there's there's so many things that I'm watching my dad's 71 I think sorry dad um, I, yeah I think he's 71 and or or 72 71 or 72 um, you know, he, I, he verbalizes, you know, his dad's still here, but gone. Mm-hmm. And so he's grieving, you know, the mm-hmm. things that needed to be worked out. Mm. And, um, you know, and my, and my, grandpa was a good man, but no, no, no man is perfect. And, right. and unfortunately, <laughs> oftentimes the things we need to know, we learn later in life and we didn't have them for our kids. And, um, and I think every parent has to come to grips with that, but you know, it, it's hard, mm. you know, um, I wish my dad was this way, or I wish my mom was this way, and that's painful. And so here's here's what I would do, is I would pivot, mm. feel that, express that, mm. but pivot and say, yeah. what what are the things that I'm thankful for in God? Yeah. And how can God meet those needs in me? Um, and that that's just so important. Um, having kids, here's another, you, you just need to prepare yourself. If you're mm. a single person and you had terrible parents, You're going to be overwhelmed with joy when your child is born. And you're also going to be overwhelmed with shock and grief. And Mm. here's what you're going to say. How could my parents have not loved me? Right. Mm. Man, I have walked through this so many times with people as they wept. How on earth could my parent have left me when I was this age, when I was like this? And here's the good news. Your heavenly father didn't. Mm. Right, And he will, right? I will right. never leave. Think about the words that God, I will never leave you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will never forsake you. What does that mean? I won't turn my back on you. Mm. I won't disown you. I will not call you not mine.
0: Yeah.
1: Even if heaven and earth pass away, Jesus says, he says the very things we need to hear. And again, many of you are not hearing these things because you're not reading your Bible.
0: Right. And that's the truth. And that. And she, she alludes to that in, in Kenya does. in how do I block the devil's voice? Well, that's just it. You, you engage in the truth. You mm-hmm. take yeah. those that thoughts captive right. and make them subject to Christ, and say, "Okay, is this true?" There's mm-hmm. a scene in in um, what is that? Uh, what I have no that? idea. You know what I'm talking? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Katniss. What am I talking about? Oh, is, Hunger, uh, Games. Uh, Hunger Games. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. In um, the second or third one, where the two characters um, they are talking about what's true and what's not true, and there's this whole thing that happened in their their mind of you know, they're, they're poison. And so the things this felt real, it seemed real, but yet it was all a lie. Right. And so Katniss is helping them understand no. And they went through meticulously true, or not true. Mm. Like, am yeah. I, is, mm-hmm. I, is this good true or not true? And they methodically went through each. Mm. And I love that scene because it's such a picture of kind of our day-to-day mm-hmm. of right. you'll have these thoughts, at least I do, I have these thoughts that would just pop, pop in my head. Like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Yeah. And if I and you know, if I dwell on it just for a second, and especially when your emotions are heightened around like birthdays and stuff right. like what you're talking mm-hmm. about, it's so easy for those lies to just poop slip in mm-hmm. and and knowing like none of us have, like you said, perfect parents right. or perfect like even if they were great, they're not perfect. And right. so you're gonna have those moments and and around those those times of kids being born, birthdays, all of that, more than ever to put up those how do I block? Mm-hmm. The devil with truth. Yeah. Like engage and you just said, engage in the word. Mm-hmm. Engage in God's in God's word. I was challenged on that about the the devotions and, and mm-hmm. spending time uh podcasts I just listened to talking about setting up um small disciplines, pick a new discipline mm-hmm. each each year. And um I listened to the same podcast. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um again, so how do we resist the devil with the full armor of God mm-hmm. and the sort of yes. truth? right? Yes. If I don't have the sword, I don't have the offensive weapon to drive right. the enemy out of my mind. So one of, one of the weapons, right, is the helmet of salvation. So I've got to guard my mind, the breastplate of righteousness. I got to guard my heart, right? The mm. shield of faith when I'm being attacked against the fiery right. arrows of hell, um, and the sword of truth, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've got, I've got to have that, which is a double-edged sword. Uh, actually it's the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, spirit, yeah. yeah. What what is the spirit saying? Thank you. What is the spirit saying? And um, all along with the gospel of peace as shoes, I need right. to be steadied by the gospel. Yes. And so Paul talks about that because we are all under attack on a daily basis. And let me tell you this: you know, um, when you try to do something great for God, that is when Satan is the most powerful. Yes, mm-hmm. he is the most powerful, and he will come at you the most when you try to make spiritual changes in your marriage. In your family, mm. in your finances, mm. like, look, man, you try to start tithing, you try to start supporting the kingdom of God. Get ready, yeah. mm-hmm. get ready, because the enemy does not want you funding God's army. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Right, if you can cut off supplies to the army, right, you don't have to fight as hard. And so, uh, and that's it's a huge battle in the church mm. across the board. Is people are like, oh, I can't. I can't fund this. I, I, I can't do this. Mm. And it's just so mm. sad and so tragic. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Cool. So kind of wrapping up this conversation on the enemy, uh, one of our Sandals Youth students uh, sent out mm-hmm. a question and said, the Bible talks about loving our enemies, but Satan is our enemy. So what does that mean for, Does do those connect at all? Are no, we sp-
1: not at all. <laughs> not at all. You are not to love the enemy. Um, don't listen to him. He's a liar. Uh, we had a pastor at our church a couple of years ago. Who um got caught up in um kind of spiritual warfare and he got twisted. I mm-hmm. mean, he got he got heretically mm-hmm. twisted. And one of the things the enemy had done to him was convinced him that the that the devil was interested in seeking forgiveness. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. I was like, A, don't tell anybody else about this, which I guess I'm kind of blowing now because I'm telling everybody. <laughs> it's like B, stop doing that because it's heretical, and C, if you don't, you're fired. So yeah. Uh, because the devil is the, he's the, he's a father of lies. Yeah. Nothing he says is true and don't you have zero sympathy for the devil. Right. Uh, he's using people. You need to have sympathy for the people he's using. But understand this, man, Satan will be thrown into the bottomless pit of mm-hmm. hell because he has no desire. We know how it ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has no desire to repent. Right. He has no desire to get with right with God. He has been consumed by deceit. He is a lie. Right. Think about it. He is a lie, all of us unhealthy threes. He is a lie. He's not a liar. He is yeah. a lie. He's a living, breathing liar. Right. And every word that comes out of his mouth is, is a liar. And so um, do not listen to him. You are not to love him. You are to love yeah. the people that he is using yeah. and you are to pray for them. And, um, you know, do Paul says, as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. Right. There are some people we can't be at peace with. Like there's sometimes, like you break into my house, try to rape my family, dude.
2: Now's not the time for peace. Now's not the time for peace. Now's the
1: time for me to open a can of you know what. And I'm going to open up on you. Uh So my wife's so funny, man. She's she's always, she's always. did you lock all the doors? I said, yeah, I locked the door. She says, why? She's so funny. She says, why are you not worried about somebody breaking in this house? I said, because I'm the scariest thing in this house. (laughs) That's right. I said, I would not want to face me. Yeah, I would not. If it, if I knew I was in there, I would not go in there yeah. because I am going to be crazy. And dude, you are never going to forget me. That's right. So you're going to That's wish right. you robbed another house. <laughs> so and, and right again, I pray for you. I hope I'll pray for you out on the street. I hope you don't come in. I hope uh-huh. you don't come in. But you come in to hurt. You going to you're going to meet the lion. That's right, the lion of Judah, and That's he right. lives in my heart. <laughs> um, so what we got to know that is man. As far as it depends upon us, yeah. Um, we got to love, 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 and you know, again, Paul says very clearly as if it depends upon you, if there's any way for you to get out of this confrontation, you need to do that. But at some point, you know, and this is where I think Christians historically have chosen martyrdom when they, they should have just done something else. Uh, and it took the church about 300 years to figure that out. It's like, Hey guys, all of our good people are dying. We need to have a new plan. <laughs> um, and it's, and you want to know why the church got wonky? Cause the best ones kept dying and it's mm. like, eh, you know, mm. <laughs> So and it, just so you know, like in battle, they used to put the generals in the front. Then yeah. they realized, hmm. That might not be a good idea. What happens when the leaders? Yeah. Have you been to Franklin, Tennessee? No. So Franklin, Tennessee, the last battle of the Civil War, um the the uh South lost, I think, thirty-three generals. Wow. In that fight. Oh because they used to go charge. They used to go mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Now we've realized, well, we need we need the old smart guys in the back. Put yeah. the young dumb guys up front. <laughs> Otherwise, Because, right, you need leadership and direction. And so, but it took a while.
0: Yeah. And I think in our question here about the, you know, because I've gotten that question a few times before, like, wait, if we're supposed to love our enemies, is there still hope for Satan? And that's the beauty of God's word is we already know how it ends. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest lies, I think, that Satan that, is constantly perpetuating is it could go either way. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. We it, yeah. It's this yeah. power struggle. Like, no, it's not, we already know how it ends. And it's mm-hmm. the difference between the enemy and our enemy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he's the enemy that yeah. is already de- a defeated foe. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we talked about this thing at the beginning of the show. I think what fuels Satan is self-righteousness. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He believes he's right. Right. Mm-hmm. He believes God's wrong. Yeah. And he's gonna fight God on this mm-hmm. issue to the end to prove a point, and he's mm-hmm. gonna be the point.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: and a lot of people, man, um, they believe God is wrong and they are right. And mm-hmm. in my 30s, oh, wait, I'm gonna get to that question because somebody asked yeah. me about that. Oh yeah, yeah. To get to that one? Sorry, I jumped ahead. Also, okay. again, we were gonna wrap it up. My right apologies, that guys. That's uh, you know it's the first show of the year. <laughs>
2: Um, so you want to get to this last question? Oh, it was the last question? Yeah, I was going to make that the last question. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, Go that's okay. It. So, okay, Roxanne ran in um, about that question in your 30s. She said, Pastor Matt, you talked about how awful your mid-30s were. I'm currently in that same battle, and I have been for almost a year. I can't imagine or know how you handled it for five years. I'm seeing a therapist, and they're still trying different cocktails and medications, but mm-hmm. life is difficult. I'm fighting through, but it's the hardest fight of my life. How did you do it, and what got you through it?
1: Mm. Yeah, so a, a big part of my health in my 30s, So uh, in my 20s, I suffered physically. Mm. I had eight surgeries, knee surgeries, horrific physical pain. Like, oh, anybody suffering from physical pain, my heart goes out to you. Mm. In my 30s, it was emotional pain. Mm. In my 40s, it was relational pain, the ending of relationships that I had to let go in order Mm. for God to do things right in my life. Mm. But my emotional pain, um, and a lot of that was, I was angry at God for the way things were turning out. And what I didn't know in my thirties was, is I didn't know how to worship God. And worshiping God is loving Him and praising Him because He is good even when life is not. And Mm so a lot of times we confuse our experience with who God is, and that's why we need the word of God. And so what really, really helped me was getting my head on straight with who God is. And so God is good and I'm gonna trust Him in that and, I, and I'm gonna press towards that. And that that was the thing is, as I quit doubting God, I quit questioning God. And I just said, God, I'm gonna trust you are who you said that you are. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna trust that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to that because here's why I was spiraling. I thought nothing was good, including God. Mm-hmm. And so what does this the enemy do, right? He steals my joy, which I'm guessing that's mm-hmm. what's happened to her. And he's killed my hope. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is right. Yeah. So if I don't have God, I've lost all hope. And so, my hope was restored. Um, I mean, man, you guys, I was, I was a mess. I thought I had uh, fibromyalgia. I thought I had um, rheumatoid arthritis, and I kept going to the doctors, and they're like, "You're fine. Like, there's nothing biologically wrong with you." And I'm like, "I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. I am not okay." And so I clawed and I scratched, and uh, you know, a lot of people think, "Well, I've always been, I've always been physically fit. I've always been, you know, this Iron Man." Nope, I, I did nothing in my 30s. And so I started working out and it was horrifically painful. I started exercising. I changed the way I ate. So I had to address physical realities in my life. So it said they're working on cocktails. Okay, I think that, let me just congratulate you for at least, you know, a lot of people are too prideful to go and try to get help. Mm -hmm. I think that chemically, that's an issue, but we we can't isolate that. Um, Roxanne's her name, right? Mm -hmm. So Roxanne, you can't isolate and say, uh, and that's the problem with our current medicine is they're trying to treat one aspect of a, of a very, very diverse uh, person. And so what I mean by diverse is you are chemical, biological, right? So mm-hmm. your chemistry, that's that's a part of it, but there's also your physical health. What are you eating? What, are you exercising? What are, what are you doing for your body? There's relational health. Who are your mm-hmm. friends? Um, who are the people that are loving you, pouring into you? Um, and, and so you need to have solid friendships. Um- and then there's the spiritual component. Where are you at with God? And the, so the problem with modern medicine is, is they're looking at one of, say, four or five components, and we see that. What is the great commandment? Jesus says, "Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength." So that's four of them. And I think in one in Mark he adds another one, spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. So there's Jesus, and I don't think he's being like that's not the that's not all of who we are, but he's just simply saying. Hey, look, man, there's more to you than you know. Right. And you need to surrender these areas of your life, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your spirit. You need to surrender these things to God. Yeah. And so, Roxanne, what I would say is the, the therapist is going to help you with your chemical makeup. And and some of us just have you know uh, chemicals that are off. Just like um, I was talking to a gal in our church who's anemic. Her body is iron, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. she just is, and she's getting iron injections like every week. And I'm like, wow. okay, you need to do that. Um, And so just like she shouldn't feel ashamed about needing an iron injection. If they're saying, hey, look, your serotonin is just way too low. We need to bring that up. I would embrace that. But here's what I would not do, Roxanne. I would not trust the cocktail. Mm -hmm. I would trust Christ and say, Christ, I am going to trust that my peace comes from you. You're going to use my Christian therapist. You're going to use my Christian friends. You're going to use disciplines in my life. And and Roxanne, please don't miss church this week because Mm -hmm. we are gonna talk to you. Like you, you are, Going to be the person that Jesus talks to, yeah. and He's going to ask you what you want, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I think you need to be honest with Him. Um, and, and point number one, man, I hope you never forget it this week because most most people just are not honest about what needs to happen for for what they want to happen. And so I'm trying not to spoil the the message, but <laughs> come this week and just know that when you, when you fight for your life, here's what people don't realize: when you're fighting for your life, it's a fight, it's a dog fight. and you. Most people want everything. This is why nobody gets well in our society. Everybody wants a pill. I want to change nothing, but have everything changed. Mm-hmm. So I need science to figure out how to fix my life without me fixing my life. Yeah. And it's like, look, man, you, you got to do this dance together. And um, you know, we had to have this conversation with with a relative of mine that, you know, needs open heart surgery. And we're sitting there and, and we're ordering. They're like, yeah, I'll have, a, you know, quadruple double cheeseburger, you know, with extra fries. And I'm like, why are, why are we having the surgery again? Like, yeah. what's the point, you know? And it's because yeah. it's hard to change your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so Roxanne, my heart goes out to you and and I want you to hear me. I, 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 I wish I would have journaled. Um, that's one of the disciplines right. I'm, I'm gonna try to start. I wish mm-hmm. I would have journaled in my thirties because I think it would help people like Roxanne, but I didn't, Roxanne, because it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> I, I think healing was two to five years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: two to five years and um, for, for complete healing. And um, and let me say this: I, I just lifted legs today, um, squatted uh, 150 pounds, 12 times, three reps. No knee pain, no back pain. So mm. I have experienced radical yeah. healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it it came at a cost. It wasn't overnight. Yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, you're going to have to choose between the the pain and suffering that it takes to change, or the pain and mm. suffering of regret. That was from the podcast. Yeah. That was the number yep. one thing I got today, yeah, and I was that's like. Huge. Um, you know, Roxanne, you are where you are today because of things that have happened to you, and because of choices that you've made. Yeah. And so, you need to look at what what do I need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not just a victim. Um, some things may or may, and I don't know your whole story, but some things may have happened to you. Mm. But you can overcome those things in mm. Christ Jesus, yeah. and you need to trust that. You need to um, really, really push into that. So, mm. so just know it, it was. And I'm just gonna tell you, it was horrific. Yeah. But as soon as I got over my tantrum, I mean, I, I, had a, I had a really bad moment. I'll never forget, I had a Nissan Titan truck and I pulled over and it was, you know, the bench seating. Mm-hmm. And I just started wailing in anger with my mm-hmm. fist and hitting the seat and, and just literally mm-hmm. screaming at God, which who am I? Mm-hmm. But that's where I was. Mm-hmm. And the good news is God took it and didn't strike me dead. Um, because he has every right to, because yeah. who am I? Who yeah. am I to speak that way against God? But one of the things, Roxanne, that God had to save me from was my selfishness. Mm. And when when we scream at God in heaven, we scream from a pit of selfishness. Yeah, mm. yeah Right? Good. And if you don't believe me, read Job. Get into like chapter, I think it's 37, 38, 39, where God begins to speak. And um, most of Job is just, a bunch of wailing, crying, complaining, and stupid advice. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden God shows up at the end and God mm. speaks and it's like, who, who are you again? Mm-hmm. Mm. And Job's like, oh yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. so Roxanne, your, your suffering is real. Mm. It's dark. It's scary. Listen to me. Life can change. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
1: Life can change. It's just how bad do you want it to change? Your therapist and and psychiatrist is one part of who right. you mm-hmm. are. Trust them with that part.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Trust your church with the other parts. Trust your, trust your small group with the other parts. And just know, Roxanne, there are things that need to change about you that you don't know, mm-hmm. or maybe you know and you don't want to change. Right. Um. You know, a lot of unhealthy people with heart disease know what they should change, but, aren't but they don't want yeah. to. Yep. So yeah. yeah. And I
2: think the number one lie you're probably going to hear is that it's going to last forever. And I think oh, just dig I into what Pastor Matt said there. That this yeah. is going to change. It's yeah. Not Roxanne, like let this. me let me just
1: tell you how dark it got. Um. I never was one of those people that could consider suicide. I just am not bent that way. I think some Mm. people, they kind of have that struggle. And I remember thinking, if this is the way it's going to be, Mm. I can see how suicide would be an option. Mm. That's how dark I got and it scared me. Mm. And it Mm. scared me and I was like, Mm. look, there's gotta be a better way. There's Mm -hmm. gotta be a better way than this. And there was, it took spiritual healing, physical training, spiritual disciplines, um, I didn't have to get on medication, but that might've helped. I, I was too prideful to mm. go and and do that. And um, you know, what I see people doing today is they're just smoking weed, they're just numbing it. That's yeah. what I, 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 just people are just, mm. just completely numbing all of their pain and all their problems. Like that's gonna solve it. All right. that does is delay it for another day. Yep. Every day you smoke a joint, you just said, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll yep. deal with it tomorrow, which what is the first sentence every addict learns? One day at a time, I'm gonna deal with today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so alcoholism drug addiction says we'll deal with it tomorrow mm-hmm. today i don't want to feel today i just want to be numb mm. and what happens is actually the problems grow worse yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it just it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and mm. you know roxanne there is a way out man i mean yeah. even if it's a tomb right jesus came out three days later yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so um
0: there's hope yeah, yeah there's hope don't don't That's let huge. the devil kill
1: your hope yes mm-hmm. um you, you just don't know. You just don't know what God's going to do. Mm. We were sharing in a small group last night uh, just, you know, about how, what is the devil stolen from you? And, mm. and my biggest thing is this last year, I've seen him steal my hope that people can change. Mm. I'm like, Matt, ah, that's who they are. And it's mm. like, wait a minute. Mm. I worship a God who raises the dead. Mm. So I can accept you for who you are, but I still can believe that God can change you. Mm. Sorry, I pointed at you. That's but, okay. You know? but true. <laughs> um and i tell you i've seen some god some god do some amazing things that mm. i just was like wow
0: yeah
1: wow i've seen i've seen god break and um i got to pray with a a family this weekend at hunter park campus uh, and this mom came up to me and she said my son is here and he is surrounded by darkness mm. she said i can't believe he came and i can't believe that you preached on what you preached on mm. she said would you pray for him? And I said, well, does he want me to, you know, because parents always like, I brought Johnny. He doesn't even know you're going to do this, but we're going to, we're going to, you know, don't surprise people with a prayer (laughs) session. That doesn't work. Um, So I went over to him and he he had his head on the table. And, and I mean, obviously this guy has the weight of sin, the world, depression, Mm -hmm. darkness all around him. And he he could not even lift his head. Mm. And I said, can I pray for you? And he, I couldn't get the word. He just nodded please. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. And we just prayed and we prayed for, you know, God's most mighty angels to surround him and to fight for him. Mm. Um, a lot of people don't realize, but angels are warriors,
0: Mm.
1: you know, and, um, God, God too has an army and we prayed for God's army and God's spirit to surround this young man and, Mm. and to pray for him. And I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know him. He didn't talk, but I'm guessing he's right at the end. Yeah. He's right there. Mm. And, um, You know, let me just say this, Roxanne, and to everybody who's suffering. We don't get where we are in a day, and we usually aren't going to get out of it in a day. Mm -hmm. And I had some really, really unhealthy things. Again, if you haven't taken the Enneagram test in our church, you need to do that. You need to get over yourself and your pride, and you need to take that test. It has been so Mm life-altering to me to help me understand myself and why I do what I do. Yeah. Uh, the apostle Paul says in, in uh, Romans seven, the good I want to do, I don't do. I would have loved Paul to have taken the Enneagram <laughs> test to, fi- to help him figure out why, because what he's saying is I don't understand. He's saying, I don't understand what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I kn- I know what I should do. I know what I want to do. And I don't do that. And that's not what I'm doing. And that's not yeah. what I'm doing and um who will deliver me (laughs) yeah who will deliver me well romans 8 1 thank god jesus christ right Right. but but if we can understand why Mm -hmm. i'm doing what i'm doing and what is the motivation motivating Mm -hmm. factor behind my misery and roxanne so much of my misery within my 30s was life is not going the way Mm -hmm. a successful three wanted it to go Mm -hmm. and it is much harder than i thought
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: i mean i thought i was going to be this great dad and this great husband and you know, oh man, I, I, I was so full of myself. I thought I was going <laughs> to be great. And um, it wasn't really Roxanne until I turned 40 where I just had to say, I went to Pride Rock in Newport Beach mm. and um, I just confessed to God. I said, God, I'm done. Mm. I'm done. My ambition, I hate it. And I just want to serve you. And I, I literally cried out on Pride Rock in Newport Beach. And and I I, I don't know, the Lord picked me up. I walked home. And I was like, whatever my life is, it is. Hmm. It's, it's going to be an offering for God. All of a sudden, sandal starts growing. Hmm. You know, I I get all these opportunities, lifeway calls. Hey, we want you to do this. We want you want me to do that. And it's like, God was just waiting for me to die to self.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, didn't you read Luke? <laughs> you know, uh, 9, 923. Yes, many times, Lord. And it's interesting Lifeway, that's the the passage they had me write on. What does it mean to mm. die to self? I was like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: get it now. <laughs> yeah, so Roxanne,
1: life gets better. Our bodies yeah. get older, but life gets better. Yeah. It gets better. Like Tammy and I, man, some of the stupid things we did in our 30s, and uh, we communicate better. I love her more. I think she loves me more. Um, we're just grown in wisdom, and part of that comes from suffering. Mm -hmm. It comes from struggle. We just don't grow without struggle. And that's what's so sad is many of us are asking God to take away the very thing he's placed in our life. That's gonna make us who he's called us to be. And he's not gonna answer that prayer. It's like, no, I have made you this way. Um, You know, uh, it's so funny, you know, uh, I'm watching Vikings show and the English kept praying for God to take away Mm. those Vikings, but it's the Vikings who made England, the world power. Mm. Once they overcame them, they overcame the world, and right. so oftentimes this affliction that the Lord is bringing in our life, um, and that's where some of you are. You're like, "Well, the world's racist, so I can't, I can't be who God's called me to be." Well, you don't know God. All mm-hmm. oh, the world's sexist, so I can't, I can't do what God's called me to do because I'm a, a woman. Well, you don't know God. Yeah. Well, the world's this or the world's that. Listen to me. Greater is He that is in you that is in the world. Right. And God, whatever the struggle is that's in your life, God is going to use that struggle to make mm. you great. I did not understand why on earth, I remember crying out to God. Uh, I don't have an addictive personality. So I, I'm, I'm very grateful, you know, but I was on oxycodone and all those things that just rob people of life. And mm. I hated the way it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And so I would choose pain. Mm. And I remember crying out to God. I don't understand why I hurt so bad. And mm. anybody who's had to have surgery on your bones,
0: Oh yeah,
1: it's just so bad. Yeah. And uh, it just hurt and just aching and writhing and hurting and but now when I pray with somebody who's hurting, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. And so God knew that sandals would need a shepherd who knew, knows... Get, this God's so wise. God <laughs> knew that sandals would need a shepherd who knows what it means to suffer physically,
2: mm-hmm. who mm-hmm.
1: knows what it means to suffer emotionally,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: who knows what it means to suffer relationally. Mm-hmm. And that's the pastor you have on stage, one who has suffered in all of those yeah. ways. And I was so mad at God, Roxanne, and yet... Yeah. Now I'm so grateful. So in small group last night, uh, we were asked what what has been the best year of your life, and mm-hmm. one of the guys in our group said every year, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't believe you, and I challenged him, and I just started to mention some of the things that happened in 2018, and he had dude, he had some stuff that I would not want to walk through,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he just looked at me and he said, you know, it was terrible, and yet, as I reflect, it was great. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I I. Wow have prayed with this guy in the middle of an anxiety attack. I've prayed with this guy through the deepest pain any father could go through. Mm. And he's looking at me saying 2018 was great because the Lord did great things and he met me in my great need. And um, you know, Romans five, one through five, right? We know what suffering produces. It Mm -hmm. produces perseverance Mm -hmm. and perseverance produces hope and hope does not disappoint us, right? right? And, And I'm just like, oh my gosh, That's it. He's living it. it. He's living it. And so Roxanne, you're going to be living proof of what God can do. God cannot be defeated even by mental illness, even by, you know, uh, your, 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 Rick Warren says this, Roxanne, your chemical makeup does not reveal your character. Mm. So your, God is concerned about your character. And so we may need to adjust the chemicals a little bit so that your character can be revealed, but God's going to walk you through this. And, and he, can bring victory in this if you trust him and Mm -hmm. just trust right uh oh man geez one more thing about small group last night (laughs) one another member of my small group has just been through you know the most painful thing you can ever imagine his wife left him for another man Mm -hmm. and i just i would rather die a Mm -hmm. horrible death Mm -hmm. than have tammy be like yeah i'm in love with another guy i just would um Mm -hmm. And he just, he made this statement last night that was so profound. He said, I just have to remind myself, this is the only hell I will experience. Uh
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. He said, because on the other side, there's no more suffering. Right. And so I'm going to trust the Lord in this hell Mm -hmm. because I know he's taking me to heaven. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Right. (laughs) And and, Mm. you know, this guy in my group, I didn't know if he was going to make it six Mm. months ago, eight Mm -hmm. months ago. I didn't Mm. know if he was going to make it. And so here we are, and God has empowered him, given him a family in our small group. Wow. We've loved him. Uh, we do love him. Um, and he's such a joy to our mm. group. And here's the thing I told him last night. I said, I don't wish what happened to you on you, but if it didn't happen, we would never be friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Wow. Because the only reason I reached out to him is because I heard what happened. Right. And I said, yeah. I, want, I want you in my group. Yeah. And um, and he was questioning, God, do you care about me? And then the pastor of a church of 12,000 people Hey, you, I want you in my group. And he's been in our group. And so, wow. um, and, and mm-hmm. don't say, and I know everybody's going, oh, I'm going to get in your group. No, you don't want to be in my group. You need to. <laughs> you need that person in our church yeah. who God is speaking to. You need that person to right. say, hey, I need mm-hmm. you in my group. Right. Because that person is who's going to do the work of God in your life. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Or you right. need to be the person who says, I need this person in my group. Amen. Yeah,
1: that's yes. right amen that's good so. yeah dude our group is man we got a bunch of eights in there Woo. <laughs> <laughs> i'd be afraid of your small group my wife dude literally sometimes just like she, it's, oh, yeah. it's like battle royale <laughs> <laughs> man so oh, that's
0: good
1: nice.
2: all right well, thank you guys so much for sending your questions. We've got a bunch that we did not get to that we will save for next week. And yes. it sounds like we're going to get a lot yeah. of questions. We're going to get Trent's
1: question next week. It's good. Oh, absolutely. Trent, hang <laughs> on there. <Yeah. laughs> Hope you don't break up this week. We'll get your question next week. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I
2: feel feeling we're going to get some really good questions out of this sermon that you've got yes. this weekend because I think it's yeah. going to be good. So it's good. you guys have a great week. We'll see you next yeah. week. Love awesome.
1: you guys. Thanks. Bye.